In today's episode of the Back in Shape podcast, we're going to be doing things a little bit different. We know that many of our early members who've been with us a while, they knew the backstory, they knew where it all came from. But as time has gone by, many of our new members never really got that explicit uh, boxed in uh, discussion of where it all started. So we thought it was a great opportunity to do that on today's podcast. And there is going to be an accompanying written bit either in the description or underneath this video where you can read a little bit more as well, any bits that I miss out. So we started off with where Lara and I met. Now we met at what is now called the University College of Osteopathy, studying, as you guessed it, to become osteopaths. And osteopathy is a bit of a different degree. You don't do a bachelor's of three years. You just go straight through. It's a four years master's. There's no negotiation on that. You have to do the whole thing. You can't just cut out part way. And that allows you to then go off and make your way in the world to decide what sort of osteopath you want to become, how you want to take that qualification from there. Now, Lara, in her, in her capacity, once qualifying, she went off and was allured by the exciting world of startups. And she did some really, really cool things in that space over the next couple of years, working with small companies, turning them into big companies, which was really, really exciting for her. And at the same time, I was going off and was very, very lucky, we both were in those early days, to be exposed to some very great things. And for me, unlike many osteopaths as we graduate, or any physios, or for that matter, anyone uh, who graduates in our sort of industry, you tend to go into a practice you have a small list and you see a couple patients a week and then it goes on from there for me i went into a very high volume chiropractic by uh, chiropractic practice by chance and i was working alongside chiropractors and working alongside osteopaths and the important thing for me that was really really cool was that every single patient that would come in would really have those accompanying x-rays. We'd have the accompanying images to go alongside that patient. So it gave you an insight into the patient at a time you really need it to start to better understand, okay, well, this is a patient coming in with this sort of pain and this is what's going on in their spine and this is how we can look at it. And that really, at scale, so early on in your career, really helps just light a fire under your experience and really allows you to grow. And as you become an osteopath, you graduate and you get the opportunity to choose your path, it's which direction do you want to take your continued professional development in? Do you want to go down the sport route? Do you want to go down visceral, so the organs route? Do you want to go down cranial osteopathy? What sort of route do you want to take? And for me, it was kind of laid out there. You had tons of access to lots and lots of patients with lots and lots of imaging, and we could really just deep dive into something that really makes a lot of sense to me anyway, and it's something that I really has formed the foundation of our practice from that point henceforth. And in the early days, that was working in this practicing up to up, well, upwards, and sometimes of 50 patients in a day. It was very very, very busy, but it was all hands-on, manipulation-based treatments, you know, there's clicks and pops, etc. And then over the subsequent years of practice, getting exposed to different technologies. And that ultimately, when Lara and I came back to work together again, that came to a uh, a point or a head in 2017 when we founded the Mayfair Clinic together. Now, just so you guys know, we were together <laughs> the whole time, uh, but we obviously had different careers during that time. We brought it together to found the Mayfair Clinic in 2017. And that is really where we took all of the experience that we had and kind of put it into one place to build this clinic. And it was really, really an exciting time. We founded the clinic in central London. We have a, had a couple of different premises. As we outgrew one, we moved to the next, outgrew one, moved to the next. and over the next couple of years, we really did make a name for ourselves because we chose the technologies that worked best for our patients because the clinic was focused on treating people with spine issues, lower back pain predominantly and neck pain because we were building on that experience that had been garnered over the previous years and using that not just with hands-on approach now, but using technologies to interface with people in an even better way. And we had people coming from all around London and then further afield up to the north of England, up to places like Scotland, coming down to the clinic as we got more and more uh, word spreading out. And 
come to 2018, we were even getting national exposure in the press. Publications like the Daily Telegraph were sharing the story of how the clinic was doing its things with the different technologies that we were using and helping people with back pain in a very uh, modern way. Taking you know the, the technologies that we were using, things like IDD therapy, things like lasers uh, or class four laser, uh, therapy specifically, and feeding that into the spinal uh, spinal analysis that we were doing and really having a deep understanding of the patient and then having the rehabilitation exercises to go alongside that and then having the spinal remodeling where it was appropriate to help the person move back towards an appropriate alignment and doing it all in a very objective manner, not just going, oh, you're a bit out there, let's move you back, but actually getting some numbers, knowing that if it was a little bit off or, or, or to one way or the other, there's no need to intervene. We're not making a mountain out of a molehill, but where it was bad, in a significant manner, we'd be able to say, right, we can do these things to help you alongside treatment, and you're gonna do those at home, to really build a, a, a great system. And, and each time as we outgrew our practice, word spread and spread and spread, till as we were going into the back end of 2019, we moved into our sort of final place. We had a lovely uh, a lovely premises, and there'll be a, probably a video, if you're, if you're on the website page, or there's a link in the description, a little video of just as we'd, uh, very shortly after in 2019, had we moved into the new premises. It was really, really awesome. We had a great little system set up. And by this point, you were having celebrities, you were having politicians, you were having uh, royalty from abroad coming to the clinic, seeing some of the really most challenging patients. And, and it, was, it was such an exciting time. And then you go into 2020, and it was even better. We started the year off in a great way. Everything was looking awesome. The new decade, we just got engaged. It was absolutely fantastic time. And, um, and then, obviously, uh, just before COVID, we had the announcement in February, which we had to keep quiet. And that's the way these things work. You get told that you win, we won what was the Queen's Award. So for the late Queen, um, every year there's the, the Queen's Award, which is announced. And you get announced in around about February, March time. And then you can't say anything about it until April on the Queen's birthday when the awards are officially announced. So we got all that news. Credit's going off great. We've moved into our final premises. Uh, we've started the new decade off in an awesome way. We've won the Queen's Award, which is really quite a prestigious award to win from a business point of view, having grown something in such a short space of time um, to be you know, really so, so vast and so, so impactful for, in so many ways for so many people in an industry that can get a bit stagnant. You can go to some of these clinics and they're kind of just doing the same thing and they, they haven't looked forward to do things in a better way. And, and that was really awesome to get that external validation. Not only were we busy, but you also had that validation. We'd move from one premise to the next and then someone else is telling you, hey, you know, you're doing a good job. And it just felt really, really good. And then COVID happened in 2020. And that kind of just completely threw a spanner in the works. The whole of London shut down. Those of you that live in London know how quiet it was. And I will say that the, the one fond memory of that particular time, especially in the, the days after March 23rd, when it was sort of the first official day of lockdown, if you will, London was dead. There was no one there. For the first time ever, you could hear the birds. You could hear no traffic. It was so lucky. There will never, ever be a time when London is like that again, and it probably never has been before. Uh, but that was probably one of, the, one of the nice things. But at the same time, the whole country, and arguably the world, shut down. And you had people, many, many people suffer with back pain every single day here in the UK and around the world, and they couldn't get any help. No significant means of getting help. Everyone's worried about the virus, all this sort of, sort of stuff, and there was no capacity to get any support. And Lara, at this point, had the ingenious idea to start doing these live Q&As, and we, we started those immediately. We did them every single day. We'd never done live videos before at all. We had to get the equipment, we had to learn to use cameras like this and all that sort of stuff, and started to go live, helping members of the public around the country and around the world. Every single day they'd tune in and we'd 
talk about a topic, it might be a specific type uh, diagnosis of back pain or it might be something else. And then we take live questions to help people. And it really did, um, I think it really did a good thing. And, and we did that straight every single day for 150 days. And there was kind of a double, double-edged sword for this in a positive way. Yes, we were able to help a ton of people when they really needed it. No one else was able to, to help these people and you were struggling at home. I don't know what to do in my back. I'm d- living life in a completely different way because I'm not going to work every day. I'm not doing the exercise, I'm not walking, etc. And and now I've got this back pain and I can't even get any help. So that was really, really awesome. But at the same time, as you're watching everything that you've been uh, worked so hard to build together start to come crumbling down and there's not a lot you can do about it, it really gave us a reason to wake up every morning and go, right, let's get out of bed, let's do this. We've got other people that are depending on us. We're gonna go and do those lives and go forwards from there. And it, it was it was so helpful for Lara and I to be able to do those things every single day. Um, and, and we're really, I think, proud of ourselves to have done it straight without missing one beat for 150 episodes back to back that was really cool and and then from there you know we go forwards in the, in the back and shake fast forward to 2023 we've got the program built out we've got lots of you members that have been with us for a long period of time and and know that 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 program itself was built on the experience that went before it was built on the understanding of how the spine works, the understanding of how, unfortunately, modern life affects the spine, the understanding of how we can get it better, taking the principles that we had from the therapies and the technologies that we were using and trying our best to enhance those or integrate those in some way. So for example, we have the towel decompression. That was something we'd get our patients to do after they've been doing uh, spinal decompression on the IDD machine. We've got the laser, a way of manipulating the circulation to an area to help enhance tissue healing, but we've got the icing that we can do to manipulate that circulation in a slightly different way. We've obviously got the exercises that we got our, our got our patients to do at the time and get you guys to do in the program nowadays and and know that it was it was built on that experience that was very different to the average and in the clinic we were seeing people that were coming you know coming to the clinic in the back of a car and being pulled into the building on crutches we had people that had had uh, significant surgeries we had people that had even gone as far as having spinal implants put in and that's for those of you that are a little bit squeamish that's basically we, we put rods or we put um, cables into the spine and there's like a little thing that's on the hip under the skin a machine that you then have this little sensor and if the pain's too bad you try and touch the sensor like you're, you're tapping to pay for something uh, you touch the sensor on 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 the on the skin on the thing that's underneath your skin to send a, a stimulation into the spine to try and numb the pain if, if you can think of a bad person or a, per, a good person with a really bad luck and a bad spine we had seen it in the clinic so we, we weren't seeing the sort of person oh i just injured my back back yesterday and we're going to get help we had the toughest cases and that's where you start to formulate this knowledge and this understanding and that's why a lot of the education a lot of the teachings that we have in 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 the back and shape program especially in those early days run very counter to the teachings that you'll hear a lot online about what sort of exercises you should be doing how you should be going about it rounding the back etc because a lot of these practitioners, they don't know what they don't know because they haven't ever been exposed to it. They just all, you know, if we do an MRI, 10 people out of, out of 10 or 10, nine people out of 10 will have a disc bulge. They don't stop and ask anything further than that. So they say, well, we don't use MRIs. And I'm a little bit cynical personally about why, particularly chiropractors, because they used to use a lot of x-rays, but they're moving away from that. And, and to me, it's very expensive to, to set up the facilities to be able to take x-rays. And, and the cynic in me says, well, they maybe just don't want to do that to get that extra knowledge um, on, a, on a patient case. So they kind of justify away the need for this imaging. But being able to look at a spine in an upright bearing, load bearing position, because most of you that have back pain have the pain when you're load bearing or when you're increasing load on the spine, to ignore the ability to get that information 
is, is, is really quite naive. It's, it's like almost trying to look, I've said it time and time again to our members, it's trying to have a cup and you know there's a leak in the cup and you're just looking at the cup like an idiot instead of filling the cup with water and going, oh yeah, the, the water's coming out there. You can see where it fails under load, yet, yet there's been this justification away from imaging and, and that's because there's not the experience with imaging. And that's, and that's where these practitioners, they don't know what they don't know. So there's that conflict. And it's not their fault. It's just the way in which we've decided to move. Remember when I said, when you finish university, you get to move off in the direction that you want to go. And if you don't happen to go down this route, then you don't get exposed to that. I don't have a clue about visceral osteopathy, about cranial osteopathy. It's not my area of expertise. It's not my, my, my field of study. But, and they do their thing and that's fine but we do spine, we do how the spine works, how it fails, et cetera, as I've already mentioned in this podcast. So that's why things are so different. And what's been really good about the Back in Shape program or very heartwarming and something that we probably wouldn't have um, expected had you spoken to us back in say 2019, things are going great with the clinic, et cetera, um, is that we know how the conditions that many of our members are coming to. We, do, we hear about it on the live Q&As, we hear about it on the virtual consultations, the condition of the spine that you guys are joining. Some of you guys have had surgery, some of you guys have had significant back pain, some of you guys have had you know, disc bulges, etc. long histories of back pain, very similar to the people that were coming to see us in the clinic. But you're actually getting really, really good results. We've got you know, the testimonials, the stories that we hear from you members that are having those very, very difficult conditions and you're getting over those because you're given the tools. And one of the things that you just aren't able to do when you're running a busy clinic is offer that extra support. And at the end of the day, reflecting on the years gone by and what we used to do from a clinical standpoint, yes, the treatments were great, it's fantastic. But even if you're having a one hour treatment a day, that's 0.5% of your day. And you're very limited if you're running those sorts of busy practices to be able to help people the way in which we help our members in the back and shape now, be able to give them little bits of information, little bits of guidance, course correction on you know, almost a daily basis through our Facebook group, through the premium group, through the live Q and A's. You're not able to do that clinically. So you're unable to interface with 99.5% of the person's day. Whereas now when we've got that education and we're attracting the right sort of patients, you guys that are watching this that want to take account for your back pain, because at the end of the day, one thing that's very, very clear is back pain is a you problem. It's your problem. And for the most part, you need to take on board that. And the great thing about our membership is it's filled with people that are doing that. They're saying, no, back pain is my problem. I need help to fix it, but it's my problem because I live with me every single day. And with the clinic, it was all too tempting sometimes because we saw how people were doing the treatments. So we saw their schedule when they were coming in. And then we saw their exercise adherence and the two were very different. Most of the time people were adhering to their treatment schedule, but it was like, that's, I'm passing off my problem to you. And then the exercises weren't done. Granted, there were many people that were great at this, but unfortunately, sometimes there are people that didn't do this. They didn't do the homework. And then you're missing out on the exercises. And I think one thing that the Back and Shape program and this way of doing things now has been so above what we could have ever done before is that it attracts the right sort of people that want to fix their back pain and it gives you guys the tools to fix it at home and start to make immediate changes in ways that just aren't possible from a clinical standpoint. So that's been really, really cool because it's been things that we've toyed with in the past about, oh, should we, should we do the clinic again? Should we open that sort of, uh, you know, uh, that sort of avenue again in the future? But then at the same time, you see but the guys that we're, have, that we're seeing here in the Back and Shape membership are doing so well with what we're doing. And if we were to take up our time doing that 
sort of thing, would we be able to offer the same level of support going forwards from here? So it has been a real, real up and down journey over the years. And I know I'm rambling a little bit on some of those other things as they come to me as I'm talking about it now, but I would say if you want a little bit more of a concise message, check out that link in the description. And if you guys have any questions on today's podcast, a little bit more, please do post those in the comments below. I hope this little bit of a different episode of the podcast has been of interest to you guys, and it's been a little bit enlightening. Ultimately, like I said, our journey over the last decade or so has been full of many highs. It's been really exciting. It's been awesome. And it's been great to share it with each other. That has been such a, a blessing, especially during some of those rather difficult times. Um, it is really uh, nice to be able to lean on one another as you're going through that. And now we've got an extra little person and that's awesome too. But um, I will say that it has been, there's been some lows along the way. There's been some great highs and going forwards, it really, really is quite optimistic. I know, I think I might've mentioned earlier in this video, we thought we'd share a little video blast from the past. So further down this page, there's that video of the clinic walkthrough. Uh, it's one of the videos that we did very early on. We just moved into the new premises in late 2019. And we did a little walkthrough uh, sort of promo video. So you'll see I'm a little bit shaky on the camera, a little bit wobbly, having to walk around. We hadn't done much in the way of that sort of video before. Um, so you can probably see that. And this is a little word to all of you members, you know, even back then, and when we did those lives, we were scared, worried about doing that. It's nerve wracking getting on the camera and having to talk to people and, and being open to live questions or whatever. But doing those videos for your exercises and sharing them in the group is so helpful and it's so insightful. It allows us to help you guys more and recording yourself as you're going forwards is a great way of you checking and balancing your own technique. So hopefully my ramblings aside, this has been an interesting podcast for you guys. Thanks for staying till the end if you've made it this far. Any questions, you know what to do. If you do find the podcast helpful, you find it interesting, you know someone else that could benefit from it, consider giving us a subscribe, consider a like, and consider sharing it with anyone that you do think might find it interesting. And until the next time, have a great week. We'll see you in the next episode of the Back in Shape podcast.